So I'd, I hope this is the last time we do this, but I did have something new that I noticed about the Enterprise title sequence this time. I swear this isn't the only thing we do, think do about tell. when we watch Enterprise. <laughs> but have you ever noticed that, and I, I did end up looking it up, so this is only true in the the first kind of edition of the title sequence, like whenever they re-recorded the song and changed it later on. So I think it's the first two seasons. Yeah. Then. But when the the name of the show comes up, it just says Enterprise. It doesn't say Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah, that's what it was called. That was, was it, what it was called originally. It was just called Enterprise. Yeah, which I find just very... I, I'm pretty sure it's the only Star Trek show that like doesn't have Star Trek in the in the title. Yeah. Which yeah, I just thought was like very. When I saw it, I was just like, huh. It's just it just it's just Enterprise. And then in in the later seasons, I did look it up, and they do switch it to to being Star Trek Enterprise. But yeah, I think they were trying some stuff to differentiate it in those early years, and it didn't really work for them. And so then they kind of pivoted later on to but maybe more people will watch it if it's. More if like more Star Trek. Star Trek-y, yeah. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And today we are talking about Fallen Hero, which is Star Trek Enterprise Season 1, Episode 23. Um, also, also known as Two Days, Two Nights, the prequel. Or... <laughs> A funny thing happened on the way to Ryza. Yeah. Well, if you go on Emory Alpha, you know, they have all of the episodes organized into arcs, which is not really how the shows ever did it, but like, right. so the, the arc is Journey to Risa, part one of really? three. <laughs> yes. Which <laughs> seems like a stretch, but whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, this episode was written by Alan Cross, Rick Berman, Brandon Braga, and Chris Black. And it was directed by Patrick Norris. Took four people to write that. Yeah, it took four I'm people sorry, to write that's, this. That's kind of mean of me, but, but we'll we'll get into what I thought about the amount of creative energy that went into this episode. The Memory Alpha synopsis for this episode is: Archer is ordered to transport Vulcan Ambassador Valar from Planet Mazar, where she has been accused of criminal misconduct. Following an attack on the Enterprise, T'Pol defends the Ambassador and asks Archer for help. Um, this episode I thought was pretty boring. It was like fine. It was very competent. It kind of yeah. you know, but I, yeah. I, I liked I liked the guest star. I thought she was pretty good. She she was she was delightful. She was very good. Um, um but yeah, like you're the usually one who takes us in. I, I, and I'll let you do that. If I was going to give a synopsis of, the, I feel like I give a synopsis of this one in like like two sentences, which is just <laughs> that like. Basically, exactly what they say in the synopsis, where it's just like the Enterprise is to pick up a uh, an ambassador who was c- accused of a crime she didn't commit, and then the people who accused her of the crime chase them, and then they foil them at the end. Yeah, and, and there's like not like am I missing like a B plot or anything? Like it's just like that's kind of no. The thing. There's, I think there's no B plot. I mean, the B plot I guess is that like they might be going to rise at some point. <laughs> That's that's only at the beginning, so like, though. So, like, for, for a few scenes, Trip is wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess the B-plot is, like, they find out that the ship can go to warp 5. That's true. That's true. Again, like, in that... I think this is more of a first-season Enterprise thing than anything else, where just, like, they keep doing things that seem... that they seem to think is more significant than 
it actually comes across as of just like well this was the first time we made it to warp five or like this is when we first got phase cannons and think that that like justifies an entire episode yeah i will say the thing about risa is that like it is also kind of like the thing that to me has become the most emblematic part of enterprise which is just that like they just are like, what if we tried to be more sexual? Because, like, you know, I watched this episode not very long after I watched the last one we did for the podcast, Peak Performance, which I really liked. And it's just, like, such this kind of, like, warm, pleasant episode. Yeah. And and then, like, it, you know, and this is not me being a prude. It's just, I, I think it's, it's, it's a weird thing of, like, I say this sometimes about, like, Spike Lee, where it's, like, Spike Lee is a, movie, a filmmaker who has a lot of, like, nudity in his movies and a lot of sexual content, but, like, he kind of seems like a prude. And that's kind of how I feel about the Enterprise writers sometimes, where it's, like, like they're so interested in being, like, edgy, but, like, what does edgy mean in early 2000s, kind of, like, post-9-11 TV? And, right, and so it's but like, they still, it's still all, like, innuendo and... Like, I'm, I'm thinking about how nice that TNG episode was, and then I start watching this one, and it starts, like, the first line is... To Paul being like, so when was the last time you guys had sex? And then, and then <laughs> Archer and Tucker are like, ooh, like what? Then, yeah, it's. But although, stuff. like, it's so basically the reason she's asking that is that she like assumes that humans get just like tense and distracted the longer they go without having sex, and she's like, it's everyone on the ship is like ten percent less efficient than they were, and and Archer's answer is basically like, well, that's more because it's like we've been out at space alone for 10 months like yeah away from home right like i can't do i can't imagine doing my normal earth job for 10 months without a vacation and i like get to go home at night i'm not you know you millions of miles airport, from my yeah. planet so <laughs> so like it's probably just that they need a vacation kind of more generally <laughs> Well, it, it reminded me, too, of, like, the last episode of Enterprise we watched, where it's just, like, like the people who write the show, it feels like they have this attitude of, like, sometimes you get so horny that you can't function. Right. And I'm just, like, you're an adult. Like, like, yeah. you, like does, <laughs> does that happen to you? Like. <laughs> is that why the show is so poorly like, written? That's a problem. Like, it's, like, you know, like, I'm sure that there are some people who have, like, bigger libidos than I do, but, like. You're you're gonna be okay, like you, <laughs> right. you know, like it's uh, I don't know, it, it's just like it's just a, a weird a weird way to start the episode, and then they they pretty quickly abandon it, like like this is not really a journey to Risa part one of three. Yeah, it's, no, because then like, like the next thing is is basically like the admiral telling Archer like, well, you're gonna have to go to Risa later because we need you to instead pick up this ambassador. Yeah, and then it kind of like doesn't really come up after that again other than sort of tucker wearing a hawaiian shirt for a while yeah i think at like one point someone says like oh i wish we had gone to rice or something but like yeah, yeah then, then they kind of abandoned which i wish i was okay with to be to be clear yeah that the the rise of thing was that was not a good episode um but but yeah and so essentially they go to pick up this uh ambassador valar who is on this this planet uh of mazar and they just enterprise has just been told by the vulcans like you know she was on this planet and it's time for her to come back to vulcan so we just need you to go and pick her up and then bring her back um but when they go to and and to paul is like very 
kind of nervous about her coming on the ship and like trying to kind of make everything perfect and is like has given all of the crew of the enterprise these like pamphlets on how to like not offend a famous vulcan and you can tell just kind of has this sort of like it's like a celebrity type thing for her um and she says later that like this is someone that like she met when she was a kid that kind of inspired her to to go into like exploration and it's it's a weird moment though because like i kind of thought about this later where it's like all of the stuff that she says it just it seems like she just made it all up like 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 she like there's no reason to believe that that she would have wanted any of these requirements but like it's not like it doesn't seem like like that T'Pol is doing it because it's like normal Vulcan tradition it's just like cause she says like oh yeah like this person really prefers to like not have other people's stuff in her room or like she prefers that you not talk to her and then yeah. it's like and then it's like well no that's not true at all like when she gets there she's like really really nice and cool <laughs> yeah she's just like like yeah like very very nice friendly like delightful person yeah um this just like you know because uh basically like hoshi uh gives up her her quarters her room so that the the ambassador will have some place to stay and to paul makes her move like all of her stuff out of it so it's completely empty and then she comes and like is just like oh i didn't want to inconvenience anybody and like her and hoshi just like sit and talk for a while and just like well i didn't want you to have to like move anything or change anything like yeah she's very nice um but what they find out when she uh when they pick her up is she's actually been accused of some crime on on this planet and so the the first kind of leader of the planet that they talk to is just like yes she's been accused of a crime like get her away from here as quickly as possible and so then as they kind of go off then an, another ship comes and chases them and is some the captain of the ship is just like you know no we we want her back because we want her to pay for her crimes and archer at first is just like no like we need to take her back to vulcan but then he approaches her and and basically asks her like i need to know what it is that you're being accused of doing and she's like well i don't think i can trust you so i can't tell you and he's like well if you can't tell me then i'm just going to give you back to the Masorites. and kind of at the same time to paul is going through this i guess the reason this episode is called fallen hero um where she's like oh well i you know admired this person and now what if she's a criminal and like kind of how do i react to that um and she tries to convince her that it's important to tell archer like what she did because she says something along the lines of like basically archer's just like well are you innocent and she's like well i did what they say i did or i forget what she says but essentially kind of like without actually saying anything kind of it kind of reminded me a little bit of like the way that Jesus talks in the Bible sometimes, where where like he's like, <laughs> like where like they ask him a question, and he'll yeah, kind and of he's be like, like, "That's what people yes. say about me." <laughs> yeah, he'll be like, "Yes," but he won't actually say yes. Like it kind of yeah. kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, those are your words. I am who you say I am, or, or yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah. Those are like, your just, words. That, that, just be like that kind I'm, of thing. Yeah, yeah, it is that kind of. I, I forget what it is that she says, but she basically is like does not say that she's innocent, and so. And, and kind of what it comes down to is eventually T'Pol sits and talks with her for a while and is convinced that, you know, that she is innocent and that they need to protect her. 
and then goes to try to convince Archer of it. And kind of the central issue that this all kind of comes down to is that humans and Vulcans really don't trust each other. Like, humans don't trust Vulcans because they know that Vulcans are, like, not sharing everything with them and have been kind of holding them back or, like, keeping them from going out and exploring the galaxy. And Vulcans don't trust humans because they're this brand new race to sort of the galactic scene and they you know don't know whether they're going to be good or what they're going to do and so they which i think that kind of touches on an interesting an an interesting kind of thing to consider of sort of the difference of scale between like kind of how humans see themselves in their history and how the rest of the galaxy sees them especially like vulcans who are very long-lived and and just kind of how long the rest of the galaxy has been around like at, at some point, one of the either to Paul or Valar brings up like, you know, you, when you guys like came out of, you know, like first discovered warp drive, like you guys, you had just been in a world like a the third world war, or the eugenics wars, or whichever one, and um, Archer's like, but that's been like more than a century ago, and like look how far we've come, and like to everyone else, like you know, to in human history, like a century seems like a long time, and on like the scale of the galaxy they're just like yeah you were just in a war dude yeah and i thought that was like an interesting kind of thing to show the difference and then eventually what they they kind of are convinced to share this information with archer and what what they tell him is that Valar was actually like not as much a diplomat as like almost a spy that like this uh this planet is kind of overrun with like corruption and ruled by these like crime, like criminal gangs. And she had collected a bunch of information on them that she was then going to use as like testimony in court. And so they had, she had to like come back to stay safe in Vulcan until the court date, basically. And she's like going into witness protection essentially. And the people that are chasing them are actually from these like, crime syndicates that are trying to are trying to kill her so that she can't testify and so archer and and this is the kind of thing like this is i feel like where the writing kind of broke down for me of i think the concept could be good of like that the you know these are two sides that like aren't able to you know because that kind of becomes the main thing is they just have to trust each other and like they just kind of keep keeping these secrets from each other when, when they would just tell each other it would, they could get it together. But then they couldn't come up with a good secret to be keeping. Like where like the stakes, the stakes just kind of don't really fit the degree of mistrust. Like there's no reason that she couldn't just tell him I was gathering information on a bunch of criminals and now they're trying to kill me for it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you have nothing to lose. Like there's no way that that trust could be betrayed and, a way that's like dangerous enough that it's not like they're keeping it this like really tight secret when it's not something that has to be. Um, And then kind of the like sort of the flip side of the climax is there's a point when, you know, Archer tells her like when they're trying to figure out how to pull one over on the Maserites and he tells her like, go to sick bay. And she's like, what? And he's like, now it's your turn to trust me. And it's just like, well, you still just could just tell her what your plan is. There's no reason that this, that I feel like it seems like the kind of thing, like if you're telling a story about 
how these people have to like actually like take a risk and trust someone and then that pays off for them you, the, you couldn't come up with stakes that actually match that yeah um that i feel like could make it much more interesting if you did mm-hmm. um but then kind of the climax happens that they're trying to escape from these ships and the ships are chasing them and they're just like keep trying to push the ship faster and they make it all the way up to warp five, which is faster than they've ever gone before. And then the engine, and, and this is another, this is, I feel like probably kind of what makes it feel boring. It's like, this is sort of the, what should be the dramatic climax when, but it's just very subdued and it's just kind of people talking to each other. Like it, it, it's one of those things that makes you appreciate like why usually Star Trek when things are happening has like, sparks and explosions especially down in like they go like down the camera is like shaking you know yeah because like they they're trying to do the scene where like scotty's down in engineering like running around being like i can't give you any more captain right like that's kind of the equivalent (laughs) of what they're trying to do but they cut to tucker down in engineering and he's just kind of like leaning up against the warp reactor being like well i don't know if it can go too much faster and Art, they cut back to Archer and he's like sitting in his chair being like you need to go faster Trip and Trip's like well okay and like that's just the whole scene <laughs> that like it doesn't have that same like you kind of understand now why they sort of add all that extra frills to like make it feel more like stressful because mm-hmm. um, it's just boring <laughs> otherwise but yeah so they go up to warp 5 and it turns out like the other ships can go just as fast and so they the other ships end up catching them. So, like, the Maserites come aboard and are like, all right, now give us the ambassador. And so Archer tells them, oh, well, she was, like, injured in one of these explosions and, like, she's in sick bay and she might not survive and, like, she's just on the other side of this cloudy glass wall. And they're just like, okay. And so they just shoot through the wall a bunch of times. And flocks, you know, is the only person acting in the whole episode just like yeah throws yeah, himself he, be like no yeah he has a good a good moment where like i think he he sells that moment a little bit where like no one else really <laughs> no does. one's trying to with him yeah but i was like i was again again like he barely in this episode but like i still think that probably uh John Billingsley is my favorite actor on the show because, like, in the one scene where he's given anything oh, sure. at all to do, he's like, "No, he's like, he's like, I'm gonna make the most of this moment," you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's one of the most fun things for an actor to do is like a scene where your character is acting. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he he does great um, because, like, in the meantime, the Vulcans have been like sent. They got a message out to. The Vulcans, and so like this big Vulcan ship is coming to kind of rescue them, and so the that's why the Maserates are like, well, we have to kill, like all we have to do is kill the ambassador, so we have to do that, and then we can run away before the Vulcans get here. So I have to admit that like I was watching this episode, and I I I was kind of it was I was losing myself, like I was watching it, but like I was just uh-huh. trying to pay attention, but like, I was just so bored by this episode, <laughs> so like maybe you could answer a question because I was like, I don't think I missed something, but like I was like, maybe I missed something, which is that so they shoot at this thing, and she's not in there, and then like they leave the room and she's out there, and she's like, "Ah, I'll testify that you tried to murder me, uh, so I'm like, why don't they just shoot her then? Yeah, 
I mean, I think it. I yeah. It happens like right after, like seconds like later. Like immediately after, yeah. They're just like, well, we did what we came here to do, and like now they're we leaving, can leave like, before it. Because the whole thing is that, like, on the way out. Like the the Vulcans do show up, and so they get like as they're kind of standing there threatening Archer, the Vulcans send this message, being like, "Get off the Enterprise and go back to your ships right now, or we'll blow all of your ships up." And they're just like, "Well, fine." And then because the, I think I forget what they do. I think then like after the Vulcans are already there is when they're just like. Oh, we have to go. But before we do, let's shoot through this glass a bunch of times. And then we'll go. But then, yeah, and then they, like, maybe they took their guns? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, this is... I do. I apologize to the listener, because I think we both we both kind of got, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the, the Vulcans... Okay, no, no, no. So they, they shoot... They kill her first. Okay. I'm, I'm going back through memory alpha. So they, okay, they go yeah. on to, into sickbay, and Dr. Flox is like, she's in this, like healing chamber and like we can't take her out or else she'll die and then first they hear from their ships that their like communications are being jammed and so they like know that something's about to happen so then they shoot into the chamber a bunch of times and then the vulcans show up and they're the vulcans are like surrender like give up your weapons or else we'll blow up your ships and so then they like hand their guns to okay like the enterprise like security officers that's fair. I, I, the, the, this is, I'm going to cop to that. I, I apologize to the listener. I, this, like, I was, I was watching it, but, like, by the end of it, I was just like, oh, boy. Like, but it's it does, really... I mean, the, the issue I had with that is, like, why would they do the, that reveal? Like, why would they let them know that she's alive? Like, I get that, like, there's kind of, the, like, they open the door and, like, she's standing there. But, like, wouldn't it be so much better for to let them think that they killed her? until the court trial because now that they know she's alive like they can just keep sending people to try to kill her yeah it it's very like written yeah it seems like so pointless for her to like be like haha you didn't kill me now go away yeah it's not it's not great but yeah i i um i called that was gonna happen i kind of honestly wished they had just killed her like because like, i think that would have been like an interesting way to end the episode <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, at one point I wondered if they if that was where it was going to go. If like it was going to end with her being like, if it, it was going to be the kind of thing where like, well, we're going to like blow up the Enterprise unless you turn her over, and you still have this like dramatic like, you know, we're trying and trying to escape and like almost made it and then didn't, and then have her be like, well, demonstrate like good faith to Archer and to the humans. Like, I will give myself up and let them kill me to save you and your ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I want, I, I thought that... And have it be that kind of like, that kind of ending? I, I you know, I thought, I thought as we said, like I thought, F- I'm not going to say her name right there, but F- Fiona Flanagan, I thought she did a good job and I wasn't like saying, oh, I want this character to get punished or anything like that, but I was just like, that one scene is kind of brutal. I think again, partially because of like the way they show like the, them shooting all those holes in the, and then John Billingsley kind of like, selling it like that's the one scene that i've kind of was like oh like that's kind of interesting and then they're like oh, no 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 it's yeah. much more no nope, it was just an elaborate ploy but anyway i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah she she was really good though I, I i don't i can't really put my my finger on like what was so great about her but she was just like so like likable and like had that kind of you know was like professional but also just very like nice mm-hmm. and likable to everyone um, she's apparently been in a couple of other, so she was, uh, 
uh, Juliana Tainer, who is Data's oh, sure, sure. mother in that one episode. Don't love that episode either. Unfortunate. You know, again, I, I thought she did a good job, but like, yeah, I remember not loving that episode of Data's mom either. <laughs> yeah, and she's apparently been in like, she was in one episode of Deep Space Nine too. Ooh, which one? I gotta look this up now. She was in Dax, which is I think the one where like, Jedzia gets put on trial for uh, like a murder case. Oh yeah, she's the judge. Yeah, 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 she's the judge. That's a good episode. That that's a good one. I like that one. Okay, well she she got to acquit herself in, in one that I like anyway. So, but yeah, no, good good actor. I you know no. Yeah, she was great. This episode is really boring, but not because of her. She was she did fine. <laughs> she's, I think the rare instance of like, give the guest star more to do, you know, and less and less for the, the main cast, but. So, so the only other note I made was, um, you've read the Silver Chair, right? I def, I, yes, I have. Okay, you know the, I, and I can't remember his name, but the, the like Marsh guy, the like really Puddle like, Glum. depressed Puddleglum. Yeah, Puddleglum, and like there's kind of this running joke throughout that where like, up, like he keeps talking about like among his people, like everyone, he's just like disgustingly cheerful. Yeah, and no one likes him <laughs> yes, because of yes. it. And I feel like. There is this kind of, I think it's been hinted a couple times that, like, T'Pol is considered to be, like, a very impulsive Vulcan. Like, someone, I think, I think that Vilar makes a couple comments a couple times of just, like, oh, yeah, like, you, you've always been, you've never been afraid to speak your mind, or, like, something like that. And I kind of, like, like the, I feel like it's a similar sort of idea where just, like, yeah, like, someone that by Earth standards is considered, like, very, like, buttoned up, and, and Vulcan is, among Vulcans, considered to be, like... A real firecracker. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like it's like uh, to mention Lower Decks again uh, for the second episode in a row. It's like it's like that one episode of Lower Decks with like the the Vulcan when well, they're on the Vulcan ship and it's like the Vulcan Lower Deck stuff and she's oh yeah she yeah. gets transferred to the Federation because she's too much of a firecracker. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's just like, "Jesus, calm down." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um. Well, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. This show comes out every other week. Um, so in a couple of Sundays, we'll be back at you with Drive, which is Season 7, Episode 3 of Star Trek Voyager. A very interesting episode. I think we'll have a lot to say about it. A little, Probably a little bit more than we did about this one. Um, but then sometimes it can be short. Like, that's that's okay, too. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Contracts. You can email us at outofcontracts uh, out at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. Or you can go on our YouTube page at Out of Contracts. Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Bye.